greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. at The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Obutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great. Little hinges swing huge doors. James 3.16, we'll start from KJV and we'll look at it from other versions. Praise the Lord. Where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Anytime you allow divisions and strife to prevail in a home, then it's easier for Satan to operate in that uh, vicinity. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Evil work will not damage our homes. I can't hear your bigger amen. amen. So you find that strife, divisions, malice, bitterness, anger is the foundation for other things that the devil wants. It's like the John the Baptist of other things that Satan wants to do. So we say in our church several that anytime you see strife brewing up, Satan is after something else. Do you understand? You know, John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ, came to introduce Christ, came to, you know, talk about Christ before he came. The same way, strife is the forerunner of any other thing the devil wants to do. Abortion, I mean, uh, miscarriage of businesses, failure in finances. Health problems. When the devil wants to do those things and there's no way, he creates what can make it happen, which is strife. So you find in a marriage setting, for instance, uh, something small and the man just flares up and begins to abuse everybody on the earth, abuse the parents, abuse everybody. There is a breakthrough in two weeks' time that he might throw away. Or you see a woman that is given to bitterness and malice there is a health challenge that the devil wants to attack her with. It could be cancer or something. But that opens the door for that attack. So we want to be as smart as we can to build stronger families by doing away with strife. Can we have that in any other version? Uh, and then we begin to see where this strife thing comes from. Strife, malice, and all those stuff. It says, it says for where there is jealousy and I mean, envy, and contention, rivalry, and what? Selfish ambition. There is also, there will also be confusion. Our families will not be confused. So there will always be, also be confusion, uh, unrest, disarmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. So you begin to look at selfish ambition. That one of the things that enhances um, strife and division is when you are looking at things only from your perspective. Nothing diffuses excessive anger. Nothing helps you to reconcile like when you put the other person in your shoes. It says, where there is jealousy and what? Oh, that's the real problem. Somebody says selfishness. 
Uh, there will be what? Confusion. I mean, it's as simple as the wife is supposed to get the food ready at a particular time. That is not a problem. But this same wife gets home by 5.30 every day and believes that between 5.30 and 6.30, the food will be ready. Then suddenly there's traffic or something comes up, and then she gets home by 6.30. The food is now late. You are not happy, but if you look at it from her perspective, her coming from work and other things, the way you will deal with the matter will be different. But if you don't care at all, all you are thinking about is selfishness. Uh, the food must be ready. I've not eaten since morning. We are fasting. It's the first week of, of the month. And my wife should know that I'm in a fast. I'm not taking anything since morning. And here is 7.30. There's not in, and then you just begin to vent your anger without even thinking out. You are not the only one even fasting. She is also fasting. You are just coming back from somewhere. She is coming from the same road. You too, But you don't want to look at that. All you are looking at is a woman should get the food ready for the man. Selfishness is a curse. It opens the door for destruction. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil practice. Evil will not overtake our families. In the name of Jesus Christ. So we, we, are, we are also saying that, look, whether you like it or not, conflict will come up. Not just in marriage. Between people, your friends, people in church. Uh, so we need to just train people how to handle it. To say that you will never have conflict, that uh, I'm a very nice woman. I don't fight with anybody. I don't think you are, you are saying the truth. Don't step on me should not go to the market. Even if you are driving on Nigerian roads, I will be driving at 10 kilometers per hour. Nobody should disturb me. Somebody that wants to do 80 will abuse you. Praise the Lord. I mean, you know there have been this story now. That uh, I mean, it's a very, the donkey and the father and the son. I mean, you know the story? That uh, donkey and father, they are traveling. The father was walking with the donkey, sorry, with the son, and donkey was free. They got to the next village. The villagers said, these people are stupid people. What did God create donkey for in the first place? It's not, it's not, they call it beast of burden. You should carry burden. So they abused the man. The man carried himself and the son put on the donkey, and they were going. The next village, ah, hey, hey, buru. People are wicked, though. What is all this one? Is it because the beast of burden? You now use burden to kill this donkey. How can you and your son be on the same? Ah, ah. The man's okay. He left the son on the donkey. The next village. <laughs> Say, Baba, out there. See this foolish man. You know, get sense. This son still has many decades to live. Your own is not foul. You should be the one on the donkey. Let the son track. He'll be stronger. He put the son on the floor. He climbed it. The next village. Ah, ah. Some fathers are just wicked. Some men are just this. So what do you do? Maybe they should carry the donkey. <laughs> There's nothing you're going to do that will always please your husband or your wife. There will be moments of disagreement and conflict. The question is, how do I handle conflict? Especially when you want to play out Satan. You don't want Satan to take advantage of your terrain. Remembering that where there is envy and there is strife, there's confusion and every evil work. And for those of us that are married and intending to get married, there are five areas you want to be alert on. That these areas are focal points or some heavy points that will always result in, that will always try to generate conflict. We mentioned that in the other service. Money. Money matters will always try to create conflict. Money, money, money expenditure. You did buy this, you didn't buy this. Did we plan to buy this? The money you gave me for soup is not enough. <laughs> One of my mentors, early days in their marriage. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. 
He came from office <laughs> and he was looking for some things in the soup. He now asked the wife. Ah. He said, hmm. That thing you are looking for, it can't be there. It can't be there now because the money you gave does not provide it. A genomoto call. A one. It's not there. It can't be there. It's on fish and everything. Can you put this thing? And the money you put can only bring more money. What do you want to do? And when those things happen, how do you respond? What do you say? Sex will always be an issue, you know, sex. I mean, is it enough? Is not enough? But we'll address that, well, sometimes. Because of the singles in our midst, because uh, they are battling with sex anyway, so we don't want to um, encourage. You know, some people in church, when we teach about relationship stuff, they apply to girlfriend. Some husbands, instead of applying to the wife, they apply to their mistress. They say, quality time. You call the girl, can, can I have some quality time with you? I'm telling you, they will apply to the one that you apply to. So I don't want to talk about sex and then one single man will say, see what Pastor said, we need it to be robust. Amen. <laughs> Number three is in-laws. In-laws. In-laws, that's a major point. I've seen families torn apart by either the mother-in-law or parents-in-law. Uh, I don't like the way you talk to my mom. I don't like the way you respond to my dad. And if you don't know how to handle that thing, those things with wisdom, uh, you can tear the family apart. And we have to be alert on that. It's going to happen. For instance, I mentioned in the other service, when a mother gives birth, it's easier for our mom to come and take care. It's, it's, it's easier. Let them go through the, the, the stress. A, a, a mother can endure certain things from her own daughter. Now, there are cases where a wife is closer to the mother-in-law, even more than her mother. There, there are exceptions like that. But generally, childbearing, especially the first phase, is not easy for a woman. Especially if she has not given birth before. Just finish her uh, BSc or master's and gets married. She's never been pregnant before, never delivered before. So she's new to everything. So there'll be mistakes. There'll be naivety. So if you bring somebody else that is extra proficient, your own mother has 17 children. She knows everything. When a child sneezes, she knows the meaning. When a child moves to the left, she knows the meaning. And then you bring her into the house. If you are not careful, she will be. Pognosing. She will be pinpointing all the mistakes of your wife to her detriment. And you'll be hearing statements. And then they teach you at home, the child is crying, carry her, carry her, don't you have hands? All those things. It... <laughs> you are delivered, amen. <laughs> That's true because all kind of statements. Carry the child. Is that how they take bat bat is that how they bat a child? Hey, all you children now. Give me the child. She doesn't know how to do it. She's learning. But if it's her mother, they can fight and settle. The mother will abuse the daughter. The daughter will say, Mommy, you didn't teach me anything. Carry the child, my friend. And they will set the same people fighting the next morning, they'll be eating together. But see, I've seen mother in law, especially the mother of sons, come to the house and try to be correcting your son's wife like, like you correct your son. It's foolishness. Your own son grew up with you how many years? 30 years, 25, even that your son gone, it took 35 years for the correction to enter. <laughs> when he was growing up, was he responding to you like that? You now met this lady. Don't just assume because it's my husband, my, my son's wife. You now be correcting her with the same vehemence. You don't do that. It's not your son or daughter. He's, he's still growing. So when you are saying it to her, you are, with, you are doing with discretion. 
Those are the things you want to avoid. Overexposure of your wife, of your, her weaknesses to your family will create family problems. And next thing you hear that the mother will be saying, your wife does not receive correction. That's not the problem. You can't be correcting this child, like this woman, like you've known her all your life. You just met her three years ago now. Do you know what she's been through? Do you know who she is? Just met her. Your own child has been with you forever from pregnancy. So you can't say you want to correct her. Say, what, what, is, what have I even said? I just said the salt is not enough. That the woman should not have to put salt in the, in the soup. Is that, is that all? Now, wow. <laughs> your son knew that the salt is not enough. That's why he married her. Go and stay with your own boyfriend or your husband at home. Many men have lost relationship with their wives because of these excesses. When their mother has become their god. Shame. Shame. You can't marry your mom. You now look, your wife now, your, your wife now becomes like shit. Like nothing. You, you even say it. Oh, if, if, if it was my mom. Uh-huh. How can you be saying that to your wife? If for my mom. You too, if, if for my dad. <laughs> What's that? If it was my mom now that we were doing party like this, the food would have been ready by by. By two. Before guests, they won't smell the bus stop. The food will be ready. Mm. Mm. And invariably, you are mocking your wife. And you are killing her self-esteem. So the romance and the flow in the house begins to diminish. And at the end of the day, mother now passes on one day. Your wife, you can't flow anymore with her. It's foolishness. So let's see how we... And then we talk about children. Children is a handful, uh, raising up kids. And I think we should uh, respect our wives. I think we should put our hands together for our mothers in the house. <laughs> Especially those ones that are paying attention to the kids. Man, you should be giving that child allowance. It's a lot of work. We have a lot of children. We have 14. How many do we have, baby? <laughs> in the morning alone, what she goes through from 5, 4 a.m., and you be told like this, you be seeing, I just say that, you, you be, you be seeing that, yes. She wakes up in the morning, gives one, gets it, have you taken your bath, have you done your assignment? It's not easy. It's not easy. Homework especially, that one, I wouldn't need to be given an allowance for that. The homework is serious. It's like they send it to parents that all of you be busy in that your house. <laughs> what is this? I didn't do this even my final year in school. You're not giving a SS2 student. They cry on their shoulders. They say a lot of things. I mean, some men are also helping a lot. Thank God for them. But no matter what... <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> but I think ladies are doing a lot. Um, let's talk about four things that will help us resolve conflicts. Um, especially those ones that it looks like the house will collapse. Number one... Learn to call on God for help, please. Many people forget this part. They try to resolve it in their mind. Okay, I'll go and talk to him. Okay, I will leave the house. Okay, mm -mm. First, call on God for help. It's as simple as, Lord, you know what's happening, the way it's going, except you. I need your wisdom. I need your help. Call on God for help. Because you might not have the right wisdom at that time to take the right step. I mentioned in the other service that you should learn to vent vertically. Just go to God and tell him everything. Lord, see your son has come again. Tell him I'm a stupid woman. 
telling me this. Father, I don't like this. Lord, the way I feel now, I feel, I feel like putting something that is food. Father, I, I, Father, I'm telling you. Wait, I know it's not right. I, I feel like running away. Just vent to God. Ask him for the wisdom. That, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do next. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. And he will show you what to do next. Praise the Lord. Vent vertically before you vent horizontally. Ask God for wisdom to go about it. And then ask God to heal you. When there's a challenge at home, your husband can't heal you. Your wife cannot heal you. Only the Holy Spirit can heal you. Many of us are looking for what people cannot, that, what they cannot do. Your, your husband is not the healer. Holy Spirit is the healer. Look to God for healing. You're expecting it from your friend, expecting it from your husband or your wife. It's not gonna, they also need healing. Look to God for healing. Only God can meet certain needs in our lives. Number two, when there is chaos in the house, please, I know the other party has done seriously wrong, but evaluate your own part, your contribution to the chaos. You must have contributed something if you are patient enough to look at it. For instance, in the first service, I tried to give an illustration about Nigeria. They say young people are doing certain things. But you also agree that if uh, the employment rate had been far better, some things would not have been the way it is. You understand that? So the condition itself is a recipe for certain crimes. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. So when there is trouble, somebody has done something wrong, check your own part of the contribution. That, okay, maybe if I had done this, I had done that, he or she would not have made that mistake that they are making. That will help you put things in proper perspective. So rather than saying the, 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 the youths are lazy, the youths are not productive, also talk about what are you doing for employment? What are you doing to provide jobs for them in abundance? Food must be ready by 6.30. With gas, it will be faster, not kerosene. Right? And the money provided is only for charcoal. And the food must always be ready. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So because it must be ready and it's beans. You know beans? <laughs> when we're in school, we call it oh God. You know what we call oh God? When we're in school, they call it oh God because you take it on there thousand times. It's still not ready. It's oh God. <laughs> oh God. So say, what are you cooking? I'm cooking oh God. So now, if the beans must be ready by 6.30 and the money is for charcoal, when will she start cooking? For okay. Hmm. Why? Why? But maybe if I get money for gas, I will alleviate her suffering, right? And they can start it by 4.30. No, just, just that. Evaluate the situation. Evaluate it. Evaluate it. Why is this woman under pressure? Why is this woman reacting like this? For instance, do you know that people behave differently when they are sweaty and they are itchy? Yes or no? Irritable. The way you resume, what is it? Compared to when it's cool. Uh, yes. It's just simple as that. And many nights, because of lack of electricity, lack of all those things, the home might not run the way you think it should run. Come on, you carry the candle and go like this. That's not the way it's like this, it's like this, it's like this. <laughs> and I stepping on you, not complain. Stop stepping on me, I've told you in this house. Stop. St she's stepping on you because there's no electricity, there's no fuel in the generator, and she's just moving the way she thinks. Okay? Number three, learn to resolve conflict intentionally. This is a lot of work for men. We run away from dealing with things. 
And I think it's our culture. We just want it to be resolved somehow. We want her to just understand it somehow. We want her to just get it. No, they don't get it like that. So some use the silence syndrome. I'm not talking to her again in this house. I'm going to come in and read my newspapers and lie down my bed and sleep and wake up in the morning and go to work. If she asks for money, I transfer to her. I won't even sell her whether the money is complete or not. I just transfer to her. I don't have any trouble in this house. Look, if you don't talk about it, Satan will talk about it. Satan will misinterpret everything. And what started from newspaper or Colgate can become divorce matter. Believe me. Because something goes wrong, you don't say anything. You just look at your head and shake your head like the person has failed in this life. Say, dear, what's the problem? (laughs) And then you go. And scripture says, don't let the sun go down. Sun now went down three days. Sun came up, went down. (laughs) Now, other things now begin to happen. You come home the next day. There's no salt in the food. And then the devil that's been talking because you're not talking begins to tell you, see, she doesn't even regard you. Do you know the reason she didn't put salt is to spite you, to just punish you. And then you look at the food and shake your head. <laughs> Spite me. I'm not eating food in this house again. <laughs> From I'm not greeting to I'm not eating. And then all kinds of evil begins to happen. So I want to appeal to, I mean, I process things at times for a while. But uh, you have to talk about it. Man, I know it's not easy. We didn't grow up like that uh, in terms of upbringing. You have to somewhere... Call for what, what they call peace conference. Say it again. Peace conference. Peace, conference. peace just This is what is bothering me. I notice this and this and this. And sincerely, I'm not happy about it at all. In fact, I've not been okay. When you do this, when you do that, at least it's better. And don't, don't handle a matter when you are at the top of your anger, you know. That's under extreme that people do. You see a man trying to force the matter. I want us to, de- to deal with this matter now, now. Come here, come here, come here, now. You're already angry. Pastor Deboye taught us in one meeting that when you are angry and you speak, you get angrier. The thing, and the devil likes that. It's like pedal. He's pressing. Yes, go ahead. Destroy everything. Spoil everything. Scatter your home. Are you angry? Anything the person does gets you angry, isn't it? If they turn like this, don't turn like this. Turn to me. You are facing me too much. You know. So the person doesn't even know what to do. And then you are now talking out of anger. Any response you get from the person, is that the reason why the food is not ready? You're just a lazy woman. Your mother is lazy. Your sons are lazy. That's why your cousin came here last when lazy. Everything is lazy. You're just lazy. Lazy. Ah, ah. And, you know, um, one of the things we learned early, avoid words that are too conclusive. You know those uh, words like, you never, you always. You are like summarizing somebody's life and say, bam. You never do this thing. Tell a human being, you never do anything right. That is killing, man. You never do anything right. What is the thing that she didn't do right? Is it cooking of a goosey soup? That's different from everything. You never do anything right. You always fail. Ah! The people say, hey, they do it all. Why are those doing it? It's not you, you especially men. And, and it's anger. And then something like, maybe a particular cousin has a problem. Or a particular auntie. 
Next thing is, all your families. <laughs> I don't, don't be saying that. Ah, say I hear. Uh-huh. I'll talk about this on tape. You get the tape, I'm listening to it. Give your friends in the office. Because there are things, when you say to someone, you always do things wrong. You have wronged the person's life. The person will start doing many things wrong because you scatter the antenna. No, what, what is the wrong thing? Is it the timing of the waking up? Is it the, is it the way she speaks? Separated. There are many things she did. Like, like the woman that was abusing the man that says, you, you make stupid decisions. You always make stupid decisions. The man doesn't say, no problem. He now carried the album of the family and looked at the marriage. I always make stupid, even marrying you, is a, a stupid decision. He was looking at it and said, yes, yes, I, yes, yes, I always make stupid decisions. Okay, don't say that. Can't be saying that. So let's watch what we say. Resolve conflict personally. Uh, what will help us with that is Matthew 5.23. <laughs> Matthew 5.23. Can I have a picture? Matthew 5.23. There was this story we share in church. That's always funny. A king wanted to marry his daughter out. A lot of men in the town wanted to marry the daughter. <laughs> they were all applying. We are fit to marry your daughter. There were so much. He said, no problem. On such and such a date, everybody should come to the a particular location, there was a big swimming pool, pool of water. So all those guys gathered. They wore all kinds of stuff, ready to be the one to be chosen. He put the daughter on the other side of the water. And when they got there, there were a lot of crocodiles. You want it so much, right? If you can swim to meet her, then it's yours. <laughs> As he finished speaking, Somebody under the water. Brr, 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 brr. Ah! I came out. He said, wow. But when the guy came out, he was sad. He said, who pushed me? <laughs> who pushed me inside that water? You know, friends can be very wicked. She will have been boasting that you can marry her. So as the king said, they just pushed him inside. Don't wait until it's a life and death matter before you change. There are some cases that are irretrievable at the last moment. The things we are teaching us, <laughs> the earlier you apply it, the better for you. Matthew 5.23, it says, If you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has what? Something against you. Sometimes it's not about they hurt you. The person is hurting. You know it. What do you do? Leave your gift there before the altar and do what? Go your way first. Somebody say first. Be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Reconciliation must be part of your Christian adventure. Reconciliation, whether you're married or not. Reconciliation, what can I do to reconcile with my brother? What can I do to reconcile with my friend? What can I do to reconcile with this person? Reconciliation breeds great relationships. If you're like that, naturally, it's easier for you to reconcile when you get married. And then finally, 
Learn to concentrate on resolution, sorry, on reconciliation, not resolution. Sometimes uh, in, a, in a bid to um, resolve the matter, people go above borders. You want to resolve the matter. But reconciliation empowers relationships. Let me give examples. There are many things you will never agree on as husband and wife. Many things. Even you love Jesus, you are your, your savior, you are close to God, but there are many things that you will never agree on. So if you want to always try to get somebody to be on your side by force or to think about it the way you are thinking about it, you will lose the relationship. Reconciliation first. I mean, there are trivia things. Which sports team do we support? You know, it's like your, your wife likes Ronaldo and you hate Ronaldo. And because of that, you're not going to take it out on her. No man, we do those things unconsciously. You like that we should vote for this person. My wife likes the other party. And then because she's on your side, you start using statements, reactions at home. Or it comes to family matters, the kind of food. People have their preferences. They have their things. It just has to be like your own. One plus one, I mean, two plus, one, two, plus two equals to what? Four. Four plus zero equals to what? Three plus one equals to what? Five minus one equals to? 100 minus 96 equals to? Can you see how many rows to four? So now insist that when I was growing up, it's two plus two. You better understand two plus two. Two plus two is the only, is it the, is it the two plus two that is the issue or the four? These are little things that people react, you, just somebody become cold. For instance, I'm, I like writing things a lot. When I want to do things to do, I write it. Everything, I, I like writing, I mean, because I'm lefty. But Pastor Bibo, she does everything on her device. At first, I used to wonder, is this thing really effective? Write it down. Scripture says, write the vision. <laughs> Make it what? <laughs> Say, write to do. They write to do. They write it. But is it not to do the thing? Somebody can put it on, and I'm even learning to do that more now on my device. It's even better, it's even easier. And then you have the alarm telling you today somebody's birthday, instead of cramming people's birthday, May 27, yeah. Until you confuse somebody and call the other person, happy birthday, say no, it's next week, sorry. Have <laughs> you made that mistake before? Especially on social media. You somebody's picture that post, posted two years ago. You just saw it by mistake. Ah, today's person's anniversary. It was three years ago they posted that. You didn't even check it on Facebook that is, they are sharing memories. Just go and call the person. Happy anniversary. It's on me. It's Pastor Joshua. Eh, sorry, sir. There are things you can forego. You can let go. Let the person be. Let them enjoy who they are. I don't like Ogi now. We were Ogi when I was growing up. I drank mercilessly. And for, unfortunately, the burden house too. I added to the sorrow of those days. I don't like it. I can't remember the last time I took. Have I ever taken it to got married? I don't think I've ever. Since 17 years, I've never. Because the one I should take to Jesus appears the third time. I've finished it. <laughs> but she enjoys it. Even our daughter, they enjoy it. When I look at her at times, I just, <laughs> I just pass. <laughs> I see it like poverty. When I see it, because of the way I want to went through. My sister is laughing there. There's no timetable. You know the timetable. You know, you know your destiny on Friday evening. Uh, 
You know it. I started, uh, mommy, what are we eating tonight? Don't you know what, what we have been eating? <laughs> Beans, you know it. And they're about, we be, eb- ah, eb- they're about, today is very good. You will eat mountain, bow down the hills. But now we're taking salad. It's a salad. I want Caesar salad. I want, eh. <laughs> have you noticed when you're eating, you always eat meat last and fish last? What does that mean? We are free today in Jesus' name. It's, I didn't know it was bad until I traveled. It's like this, the harvest of the seed. It's like this, the reward for the labor. That's where I grew up in. They'll give you a bar, a mala, the meat, you dare not. You can touch the other thing. Don't, don't come near this place. But not everybody grew up like you. So some families, they marry. I'm sure you have stories. I've read stories in books where they get married, in Africa especially. This woman grew up in a setting where there was no poverty. They start with meat. They start with fish. Then take more eba. Our own, we must finish eba first. And they write, in fact, when you finish, you're not like this. Like, it's time for my harvest. You see? So you now marry a woman. You say, let's say family that pray together, they stay together. Family that eat together. You now sit together and they want to eat. You owe the about. She faces the meat. He <laughs> <You> said, never. <laughs> now, we don't start from there. We start here. Say, <laughs> so why? Why? Just, just for her. she's taking the meat. You're already getting angry. <laughs> What's happening to you? Why are you <laughs> All those rice you put as a mountain is the side dish. Do you know that? It's side dish. Rice is a side dish. Small. But poverty. Carbohydrate. Rise up on your feet. <laughs> Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services. 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land. Ifako bus stop over on Shoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Global Impact Church. Think.